Um, so on that note, uh, Luca, can you give us your most controversial opinion about anything in the world? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have blindly of the. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, well, all jokes God. aside, uh, we're mm. very, 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 very excited to have our very special guest on today. Um, when I think about the coolest people that I've ever met in my entire life, this person that we're going to talk to today is top, top, top of the list. Very excited for this conversation. I guess without further ado, we've mentioned him a million times in the podcast before. <laughs> we referenced him. His art is all over our website, which, which you should check out, seriallyhook.com. Still the best thing about this podcast, <laughs> honestly. By far. Everyone compliments the website and basically nothing else. So Yeah. And today today we we finally get to talk about, you know, the wonderful artist. The wonderful artist, Luca! And great friend. Welcome to the show. Uh, hello, hi, my favorite hookers. Hello. <laughs> How are you? So How nice. are things? Oh well, well. First of all, thank you. That was a lovely introduction. <laughs> um, not deserved, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, everything is good. Um, you know, I'm working. Like my life is not interesting in a sense that i just stay at home and i just work so i don't see anybody i never get out so <laughs> it's very uneventful but you know in my mind is very eventful <laughs> yes absolutely and you you definitely have a knack for bringing all of these things onto onto paper and just so many great things i mean i ha i just i just made a list earlier today of all the great things you've done That I, and, it, and you couldn't find any, and so the list is empty now. <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh, you know, obviously we we we'll get we'll get into this later, but there are many great works of yours, and I I can say I mean it's it's not just because you're here now, but I can I can say that I've enjoyed all of them. So, so I mean, how nice, can you not? You. How can you not? Well. <laughs> a lot of ways <laughs> i've been reported a lot of ways <laughs> i guess for people who don't know luca would you like to introduce yourself your work like what do you do some people may come into this blind mm. yeah and how lucky for them um i <laughs> i am a cartoonist let's <laughs> say like that um so yeah i i draw cartoons i write and draw cartoons and that's what i do in life or at least i try to do in life <laughs> it's not always super easy but i'm getting there so i i did the drawing for the podcast early hooked and it was such so fun <laughs> sending you stuff and then yeah. so when you say you're home working all day it is drawing yeah. cartoons Yes, yes. Which is incredible. Is like so don't say you're boring because that's the mo more exciting than anything that I've ever done in the past. Yeah. <laughs> Same. But you know, when they ask you the question, what did you do today? And I'm like, yeah, what did I do today? Like nothing remarkable. Really. <laughs> you so, yeah. are such a creative, honestly. Uh, I'm, I'm forever like in awe of that. So sweet. So sweet. 
very impressionable character this Chris and telling you listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I guess we'll start at the beginning. What what made you start drawing yourself? Oh gosh. <laughs> I I've always drawn throughout my childhood and I always started with the idea of becoming a cartoonist. Like it sounds silly, but really when I was, you know, just um little little italian toddler you know <laughs> and people ask you the same question oh what do you want to do when you when you're an adult when you're when you grow up you know and it was the I, I would always say oh i want to become a cartoonist <laughs> because i had this image of charles schultz the creator of peanuts who i um admired and i still admire a lot and um and i wanted to be him practically <laughs> and so that was my dream and my aspiration and i never gave up <laughs> and i kept this dream throughout my life and now i'm here and i never gave up but there were there were of course like darker times and where i like I forgot what was the dream in a way, you know? So like, oh, I'm doing all these little steps because that's what I told me, that's what I I, I told myself to do uh, when I was a kid, but then I forgot really, you know, what was the, 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 the end goal of that. And then I, oh no, this is because I want to become a cartoonist, right? I want to become Schultz, right? <laughs> and so I relived the dream and yeah. And so now I'm here trying to, Make the little kid proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so, 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 I mean, you are you you've 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 done it. Honestly, like you you are living living the dream. You are doing what you've always set out to do. And I think that's that that in itself is just fantastic. Um, and I don't know, you know, there are obviously like different stages. You've talked about, you know, all of these. You've, you've done it for such a long time mm -hmm. and you know I, i can i can like what what do you think is the longest period of time that you haven't been drawing oh wow what a question <laughs> <laughs> um oh i don't know like if you don't consider little doodles you know mm drawn on the side of a page <laughs> mm. <laughs> um i don't know it could be like quite a long time actually because um you know i've always tried to pursue of course like my dream and become a cartoonist but at the same time i didn't want to be completely delusional <laughs> so i tried to you know pursue other paths in order to have a plan b you know a safe net to fall in case i can't become what I want, right? And um, mm. so I studied, so like it was in high school, like I attended like a pretty demanding high school where I had to study a lot. And um, so during that time, for sure, like there were, I would say for sure weeks, maybe even like one month time long where I didn't like produce like a cartoon, you know, like something drawn in beautiful paper, inked, you know, like a proper cartoon. Uh, because I was too busy, you know, studying, trying to, <laughs> to you know, build like a more intellectual, if you want, like um, path so that maybe I can study something in university and still find a job <laughs> somehow <laughs> if this doesn't work out. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, there, there's been times where 
uh, I haven't drawn anything for quite a while, I would say. Yeah. And that, that it, it wasn't like on purpose, for, um, of course, like it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm lazy. I didn't want to do that because I don't, I don't feel like doing it. But it was more like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have the energy, the capacity to do that. You mentioned Charles Schultz as your inspiration for kind of your work. What, I mean, if you can maybe go back into your mindset as a child, what as a kid drew you to Charles Schultz and his work? Yeah, I've been thinking of this quite a long time because I don't really have a clear answer. Um, I was fascinated by the drawings at a very early stage for sure because like my aunt like drew for mm, my brother and I um, this um, this like this big panel of a of a strip uh, from uh, Peanuts. And um, and so and that was hanging on my room. So I, I always had the chance to look at it, and I was like, "Oh, what, what is this?" And I would ask my parents. It's like, "Oh, this is peanuts. This is Charlie Brown," you know. Um, and so I was fascinated by the drawing, and I wanted to know more. And then to to, to to the extent that I forced my mom to like buy me a collection of comic strips, like of peanuts comic strips, uh, when I couldn't even read, you know. Because I wanted to look at the drawings, I wanted to to see what it was all about, and then when I started learning how to read, um, I, uh, I I read these like beautiful stories and like punchlines about anxiety, about you know insecurity, insecurities, and probably uh, because I'm such like a you know very sure and like. <laughs> Secure person, <laughs> no, because like I struggled with anxiety myself. Probably I felt drawn to that, and so I I wasn't just attracted by the drawings, but also by the contents, and that stick with me probably. And um, yeah, so I always I always had like a special place in my heart for for Schultz. Yeah. Do you have any other artists in your family, or is it just kind of you? No, it's just me. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, like my uh, dad has for sure an artistic side. So he can draw, he can saw, he builds stuff. So he has for sure like a very strong creative, um, uh, creative side in him. But he like he, he never had um, like artistic, um, you know, goals. Like he never wanted to oh become something that has to do with the artistic world so i guess i'm i'm alone even in this <laughs> or you're a pioneer luca you're a trailblazer say, yeah. pioneer sure 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 <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously the peanuts and charles schultz have been kind of the biggest inspiration i mean we've, we've talked about that privately before but has that always been your like guiding post and has the, have there other like what are some other artists if there are any maybe it is just Charles Schultz but are there any others that you that you think are just have influenced you mm -hmm. well um for sure there's many others um mm. there's a lot of Italian ones so like in um This is maybe also like a fun fact for like uh, not Italian people. So in Italy, there is a very strong um, Disney comics production. Uh, so comics with Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and uh, and they're written and drawn in Italy. And there's this um, magazine called Topolino, which is like the Italian name of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> um, 
and is published every week and it's very famous, very uh, popular. And inside there is a lot of uh, very good artists and writers who draw for Disney and draw these stories about Disney characters. And among them, there's uh, this uh, artist called uh, Silvia Zike, who has a very specific way of drawing, a very, um, where the expressions of the characters are very, uh, very um, camp in a way, if you want, like, but very, very, they communicate a lot. And so I liked her drawing style a lot. So, like, she was a big influence for sure. And then, of course, other artists like, I don't know, like, you know, the classic Bill Watterson, who is the author of Calvin Hobbes, who is one of the best <laughs> artists out there. Um, yeah, I mean, so many. I don't know. It's like, uh, so I tend to like more of a, a simple, if you may. Like, simple is the wrong word, probably, but uh, like a more... Um, grotesque <laughs> way of drawing some more like um you know uh, less realistic and more cartoony in a way uh, so i like more all the artists who you know develop a style in this regard and um but of course i can appreciate also i don't know frank chow like who also um drawn a comic strip like liberty meadows Me- meadows liberty meadows um uh, who has a very realistic style, but very, very interesting, very, mm, I don't know, it, it flows very well. Sometimes I think with realistic styles, it can happen that everything feels a bit stuck. So it feels like it doesn't move. Like it's just like an illustration on a piece of paper, but he really knows how to work with anatomy. And his characters, although very realistic, really move in the page. So I really like his style as well. Yeah, I don't know, so many. <laughs> like, uh, Schultz, for sure, is a great inspiration, but I never looked at Schultz um, to build my own style, I would say. I think um, it's, you know, because I admire him and his work so much, it's inevitable that there's something probably that reminds of Peanuts in my drawings, but I never, uh, I never try to imitate Peanuts. Mm. Um, I'm, I try maybe more to imitate like Sylvia Zicke, as I said, you know, or Bill Watterson, like other kind of drawings because Peanut's style, it's so specific and it's so peculiar and it's very hard to emulate, actually. A lot of people tried, but they always fail, <laughs> in my opinion. Like you can tell it's not original. It's not, it's not um, sincerely Peanut's. So I never try to do it because it's so, I don't know, it's so specific, so, you know, so remarkable that it would feel stupid for me to try to copy Peanuts, you know. So how do you develop your own distinct style without just copying other what, what others have done? I mean, you do copy, of course, but... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't copy shorts or something like that. So of course, like, I because as I said, you know, I tried. I wanted to become a cartoonist since early age, and particularly, I wanted to you know create comic strips. And comic strips um, are famous to have very distinctive drawing styles in them, right? So you can distinguish them very easily. Um, so I wanted to develop a very personal style since I was a kid. 
And, um, and of course, in order to do that, I, you know, you take something from this artist, something from this other artist, and you put it together and then you make it yours. Of course, it's a very long process that um, I was lucky to uh, have started when I was a, a child, practically, because it shows, I think, if you start uh, thinking, oh, I want to become a cartoonist, I don't know when you're like in your, I don't know, when you're 15 or something, you have less time to develop a specific voice, a specific style. And and it shows, and it's sad because maybe it's great, you know, it, what, what you're doing is great, it's great drawings, great stories, but still you need more time to develop something that is specifically yours. So I had, I was lucky in that regard. So like I could, you know, I had a lot of time <laughs> to do that. <laughs> and um, and I think, you know, I think my style is very recognizable. Um, of course, it's weird to <laughs> say it myself, but a lot of times I feel like, oh, I draw something, I don't know, for some jobs, or like some illustrations, and I don't tell people. And then somebody uh, texts me, oh, uh, you did this. And I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> so like people recognize what I what I did. So this is very cool, mm. I think. This doesn't mean I'm a great uh, artist. I can draw exquisitely, of course not. But like it's, it, it has a character and people recognize it, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely one of my favorite artists. Like I have, I have oh. a piece of your art on my wall. So oh, yeah. I'm currently <laughs> looking at it. So Wait, you have a piece from Luca? Yeah. Whoa. He did a he did a poster for Rimini Comics um, with two of his characters from kindergarten, and he gave one to me, and I had it framed, and now it hangs up on my wall. And it's funny because everybody everybody who uh, who has visited me who knows about the podcast and who has seen the the art thinks that it depicts you, Rashad, and me, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't. Um, yeah. which I always have to explain now it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's you know for, it's basically it's Tom and Mike from kindergarten <laughs> it's not Rashad and me uh, yeah. which is very funny um, but speaking of your work Luca you um, and of Charles Schultz uh, recently there was a story that was written by Francesco Matosi and drawn by you that was published in Linus magazine titled Emergency 914 that is about kind of the man you the artist you admire so much about Schultz and how did that come about and how did doing this story like how did it feel to basically do a story about someone you've admired so much yeah um first of all I want to point out because I'm that kind of person that I also wrote the story <laughs> oh really I thought that no, Francesco we, wrote that no we wrote them together and then I ah, okay um, yeah um yeah um and also um congratulations to pronouncing it correctly like in italian pronunciation this is very funny <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> somebody did his research is here <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was very 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 interesting yeah so the um, how did it happen okay how do I go about this? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, um, so uh, Francesco Matteuzzi, who I work with uh, for kindergarten, this comic strip you mentioned before, 
works in Bologna in Italy uh, and he shares uh, an office space with other people in the industry. And one day um, this uh, like the um, uh, director, one of the directors of the magazine, the Linus magazine, popped by the office and he saw that uh, Matteuzzi was reading a book about Schultz because Matteuzzi and I are working on another project about Schultz. And and so he um, get, got to know this project and was interested about it, right? And so like uh, the issue of June of the magazine was all about Schultz. So he contacted Matteuzzi saying like, oh, uh, we would like to have a story uh, by you guys in the magazine. And so we, and so we did. <laughs> and so we <laughs> created this story. Um, as I said, we were, work- we were working right now in another project, always about Schultz. And, uh, and so we um, were already, you know, we knew a lot about it already, <laughs> about Schultz and his life. So we decided to write about this um, little trivia fact. So uh, Schultz inked his, um, his drawings with this specific pen, which is called the Easterbrook, uh, Easterbrook. Isabrook, Isabrook. I think it's Isabrook. <laughs> just we'll we'll just go with that. <laughs> yeah, right. Isabrook nine one four, which is a very specific pin nib that he liked a lot. But this pin nib um, got discontinued during the fifties. Probably it's a bit hard to track back. But um, so like the company stopped producing the specific nibs. So Schultz bought all the nibs he could find uh, in the market <laughs> because he didn't want to stop using them. And so he yeah. got his office stuck with all these nibs, uh, like way more <laughs> than he would ever need in his lifetime, right? But also he uh, said as a joke that once he would uh, like finish all his pen, nib- pen nibs, he would stop um drawing peanuts mm. uh, and so the story is about this uh like this joke <laughs> and this like legend almost surrounding uh schultz and yeah so we we create this story together yeah oh that's pretty cool and i mean you you've just mentioned uh, i mean we've we've both just mentioned it but can you talk a little bit about kindergarten which i uh, i think is is that like is that I wasn't sure, like something like Wishes Stitches, for example, is, I think, entirely finished. Uh, but I'm not sure, is Kindergarten finished, but it's now just what you're publishing is the English translation of the Italian original, or? No, so um, so as you mentioned, so like Wishes Stitches is like a different thing. So like, let's say, yeah. Okay, yeah, let's, yeah. let's have some some comic class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like this is, of course, uh, everything comes from me and nothing is you know true <laughs> what is like my vision uh, of comics and what i think is that it's like uh, mirroring a bit um you know the like literature studies right so you have mm. three main genres uh, which are drama um epic and lyric i think there are three big genres in a comic medium um and these are comic strips 
cartoons in general, let's say cartoons, uh, comic books, and graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Wishes Stitches is, is rather a um, comic book, we can say. Of course, you know, this is like definitions, but it's very, you know, you can swing a lot. Uh, of course, it's like uh, Wishes Stitches was published online, so it's more of a webcomic if you want, but um, it follows the rules of a comic book, which are like, oh, there's like episodes um, with recurring characters. And are published like in, uh, originally like, you know, in uh, booklets, you know, like, oh, Superman is comic book, you know, uh, Spider-Man mm-hmm. comic book. Um, and cartoons are uh, comic strips are like, um, satirical panels that you find in newspapers usually so like already the place where you find them is different originally you know uh, traditionally let's say um and comic strips have recurring characters of course but like are very short so usually they are between like three and five panels um they end with a punchline usually so they're funny um um, and of course, there's a lot of other differences we can, you know, list. But this is not the place, probably, <laughs> to do that. Maybe and this so, is exactly the place. But this is exactly. The place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, all the drawings are very different, right? So, yeah. uh, as I say, yeah. comics, your cartoons in general are very, very authorial. Authorial is it a word? Like very. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you, yeah. Is it a word? Okay. They depend on the author a lot. So, like the style is very pronounced. Um, um, but and everything is created by one cartoonist. Usually, it might be two, so like one um, writes it and one draws it. But usually, it's one person who writes it and draws one, just one big creator, right? And maybe when they become super popular, they like get bored, and so they hire people like assistants who can help them out. But usually, it's just one person doing the work. In comic books, um, because you have uh, like you have to publish come out with stories once a month or maybe you know once a week um uh, you need more people working on it because it's long stories longer stories at least and you have colors and you have uh complicated storylines so usually you everything is divided into different people so you have for sure multiple writers you have multiple illustrators you have multiple colorists you know so it's more of a you know like a like a coral like um is it also a word i don't know (laughs) like it's um you know more people um uh working on the same project it's like a collab Um, collaboration i guess yeah it's more of a collaboration yeah yeah uh it's like oh you know this issue is drawn by this person next issue is drawn by another person because the same person cannot draw two stories in a month you know because it's humanly impossible right Mm. um so it's there's more people around. And then you have graphic novel who um which are like uh you know like the like the, the comic version of novels, books. You find them usually in bookstores, so not anymore like in uh, newsstands, you know, it's uh, or like nerd shops. <laughs> it's more like <laughs> bookstore. Um and the story are usually like exactly like novels, you know, so you have big it's like a big longer story with the same characters and then the story ends and that's it that's the novel you know maybe you have a, a, a trilogy maybe you have you know uh, more books with the same characters but it's 
it's just one novel, one one graphic novel, right? So it's it's more like a book. Um, and also there, the drawings are more um, uh, the, the more dependent on the author. Usually, also here you have one person who writes, one person who draws, but maybe there's just one creator that who writes and draws. And uh, I know everything is more like um, we can say punk in a way. <laughs> so like it's like a, it's like actual literature, right? So it's oh, I'm an author, I want, and I'm gonna do whatever I want, right? So there's few rules in the media, like in the genre of graphic novels rather than comic books. Uh, who, as I said, there's like a lot of people, and I have to imitate each other, of course. You know, so like if I buy a Spider-Man issue on June and there's this person drawing it and I want next issue and maybe someone else uh, has uh, done the drawing for the for the for the comic book but I want the drawings to be similar you know because it's the same character so they have to imitate each other a bit everything is has more rules is more strict uh and graphic novel is very few rules everyone does whatever they want <laughs> more or less <laughs> yeah and so um to go back to the question now um um so kindergarten is a comic strip mm-hmm. published online but still follows the rules of a comic strip and so comic strips don't really end you know so there's situations jokes punchlines, and there's you can just go on forever and ever and ever. It's like peanuts. There's not really, of course, it ended because uh, Schultz died, but it could have gone further and further, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the comic book instead, also they can go on and on and on forever if you want to, but this is more what I wish they just was more like a of a shorter story. So there's like few episodes and then that's it. You know, it finishes. Okay. Was that a question? Thanks. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was just curious because I I um I know that Kindergarten was originally in Italian and now you've just published you're just publishing the English translations. So I was just wondering whether it's basically it's still an ongoing process or you've both yeah. stopped working on it and it's just no, no, now it's, what's coming out is just the English translation. Yeah, it's still ongoing. Like I've stopped publishing a translation because I have no time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it will. <laughs> Um, you know, start again probably um, from October on. Mm-hmm. Okay, very, <laughs> yeah. very good. Yeah, because I saw you also uh, like fant- fantasy that you're doing with Yuri is yeah. also on hiatus just because you know you're both very busy. But I gotta say, I, I mean, I I love kindergarten. I it always makes me love. I found which wishes uh, stitches, which is not easy mm-hmm. to say. Uh, <laughs> honestly, very moving, very, very moving. And just stylistically also very interesting because it does have this longer format that mm-hmm. just allows, you know, with like bleeding over the, the pages and everything that, and just everything. And the story was incredibly moving and very, just lovely characters. Um, but fantasy has like a very, very special place in my heart just because it is kind of steeped in, yeah fantasy and especially yeah. dungeons and dragons which mm-hmm. rashad knows something about now as well um <laughs> you know you're kind of pl- you're, you're kind of playing with the uh character classes and everything and some tropes and stereotypes within the game as well and uh yeah just Emphasis wanted to give on it the kind of yeah kind of, yeah <laughs> I mean, if I can say I love your Dungeons and Dragons episodes, like it's so Thank fun you. for me to listen to them. Like I love them, and I love how Rashad is. Like, wait, I don't need rules. <laughs> I do whatever I want. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think that is the thing with D and D. Every new player discovers this, like that is that they th- they always think, or like we always think, there's all these rules and it's very overwhelming. But I think every every player gets to the point of like, oh shit, I can do that. <laughs> like I can just like do anything. Um, yeah, which is very fun. But yeah, yeah when I discovered that you're doing fantasy, it's just I don't know. I just was immediately drawn in, and it's a lot of fun. And Tassi as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> no, because the title is fun, like fun, and then Tassi is like fantasy yeah. with the fun. Put the fun in yeah. fantasy, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And you're doing exactly that because, I don't know, I, at, at first I was a little bit, I, I thought, oh my God, there are so many characters. How how can we, <laughs> like, how can I keep track of it? But it's very easy <laughs> and you're doing a great job. You think you, also like of course Eerie like writes it so you know yes exactly yeah. shout out to Eerie um, <laughs> yeah it also makes me laugh every time I read it what I find amazing in your work Luca sorry to mm-hmm. cut, right. uh, cut you off Chris is it's, go it's, on it's spe- <laughs> <laughs> what do you find amazing about me go on <laughs> yeah of course you actually personally as well as your work and it's your ability to kind of tap into the humor in multiple languages and what's that's Mm. an incredible feat that i mean i assume your work is funny in italian i can't tell you (laughs) but um the fact that you're doing it you know with this multilingual project and all of your work is or a lot of your work is you know bilingual in that way at the very least it's just an incredible feat and i guess I wonder, I guess my question is, this is a compliment leading to some sort of a question, which is asks, (laughs) how do you kind of find that balance and work towards figuring out actually what is the best way to be funny in this particular language? Because instinctively you have it in the way that you speak and then the way that you operate. And that's kind of, to a certain extent, I'm sure it's it's innate, but um, I'm sure it's something that you've thought of and had to work through for your work. Yeah, this is a very interesting question, Rashad. <laughs> um, yeah, I know it's it's very it's very weird because I'm not a comedian, of course. You know, I'm not someone who knows a lot about humor and fun. Not by trade, <laughs> but instinctively. <laughs> well, you know, like I never studied humor. I never studied what makes people laugh. You know, I just have my own personal humor with what I find funny and what I don't find funny um and I just try to use my instinct about it and I'm not sure about my instinct at all like every time I'm like oh I hope people get this you know I hope people understand this joke but it's really you cannot it's a it's a it's a how do you say that a shot in the dark dark (laughs) Thank I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Sh- <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. It's a shot in the dark. Yeah. And so it's really hard for me to answer this uh, question because it's like I personally uh, rely on my instinct, but um, I personally also don't really know how um, some jokes will be received, right? Um, sometimes it's very funny to me because, of course, everybody has their personal taste. And there's like, I don't know, a couple of comic strips out there. And like somebody tells me, oh, I really enjoy this particular comic strip, Uh, which I think like, huh, to me, maybe it wasn't a very strong strip, right? I prefer other ones in the 
among the ones I, I did. And then there's other people coming to me, oh, I like this one, you know, so everybody has different tastes, of course, but um, it's very interesting to see what people like sometimes. Um, and, but yeah, I think I, I, I stick to my guns. <laughs> I just do what I think <laughs> it's funny. And with the bilingual part of it, yeah, this is like, I think English is a very funny language in general because it's very creative. It's a super creative language and you can be funny through this, uh, creativity in the language. And of course, like English humor is, uh, like, you know, American, let's say American humor is uh, different from Italian in a lot of ways. I think English allows you to uh, play with words a lot more than Italian. So in Italian, you need to have more of a punchline in the sense that like, oh, something happens, you know? Oh, this, what happens is funny. English, in the other way, I think you can allow yourself to be funny just with words sometimes. And this, of course, you can do in Italian as well, but it's less well received and i enjoy this humor through language through, through words through just how you express yourself maybe you use a funny word instead of a more common one um and so i enjoy writing in english because of that and then of course i need because it's another it's not my native language i need to check if what i write and what i my joke does actually make sense you know um, so I need to ask people like an Indian speaker to say, oh, is this all right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's very interesting. But yeah, so it's like my answer is this one. It's not really an answer. It's it's like me throwing more doubts out there than certainties. But yeah, this is how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you feel about, uh, what a transition, how did you feel about adapting something that has previously existed with uh, the importance of being earnest by Oscar Wilde into a graphic novel. Um, because yeah. that, that's also, that is in my bookshelf. I've read it numerous times and I, I, I just, I'm well. an, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and like, how, how did that come to be? How was that like to adapt something, especially something that's so well known into, into a graphic novel? Yeah, that was super uh, fun for me because also, as you know, like I want to become a cartoonist in the sense that I want to create comic strips. And this adaptation is, of course, a graphic novel in the sense that, as I said before, it's a book. You know, you go to the bookstore and you buy this book. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, I mix the genres and the story is told... <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the story is told through comic strips so you have um two different narr na na narrative lines is this a word again <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes. Nar narrative is a is a noun it's not an adjective it's two lines of narration right mm -hmm. <laughs> you sure. edit yeah. this we, we get what you mean <laughs> <laughs> okay so you have these lines of narration right so one is you call a horizontal one in the biz, uh, which is um, the actual storyline, right? So things happen step by step. We have the beginning, we have what happens in the middle, and then we have the end. But at the same time, I added through comic strips a lot of individual vertical 
lines of narrations, which are the punchlines, right? So like you could technically open the book in the middle, uh, read a comic strip, hopefully have a laugh <laughs> because there's a punchline at the end. <laughs> and then you close the book and that's it. You know, you enjoyed one comic strip um, instead of reading the whole thing. So that's what I want. I try to do. So having this double um, r- reading process, right? So like the horizontal one and the, a lot of vertical ones with comic strips. So it was very fun. It was something uh, new in a way. So like nobody adapted something comic strips, but I really wanted to do it. So I did it. <laughs> Again, graphic novels, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and that's what I did. And yeah, so the adaptation process can be complicated. That was my first uh, publication. So I, I walked... And throughout the process, not very sure of myself, right? Because it's my first publication. So now I think if I would have, if would I, if I would do this again, I think I, um, I, I maybe would be um, more, more like I, I, I would allow myself to do more with the medium itself, right? So like playing more with the medium and with the medium of comic rather than focusing on adaptation. Uh, like adapting the storyline, but uh, still, like uh, because as I said, I had all these comic strips. I had to rewrite some parts of Oscar Wilde's play, so I had to add jokes, add punchlines in order to have every time after four panels something. And that was really fun to me because I really had to put my Oscar Wilde shoes, which are very <laughs> big, very big shoes, <laughs> and. Um, and I had tried to walk on them, which and I trip, of course, a lot of times because, again, large shoes, right? <laughs> but I like to think, oh, maybe people who don't really know Oscar Wilde and his play that well, maybe they don't really understand when it's me writing and when it's Oscar Wilde writing, you know, which I think it's exciting <laughs> um and that happened because i i've been told that so i say yes mission complete <laughs> yeah so but, they say you're as good as oscar wilde is what i'm hearing which yes, i would i would I, said. Yeah. <laughs> I i would no, i would not. agree i would no, agree of course not of course not, of course not. <laughs> but you know it's fun i think i really like oscar wilde's humor it's mm. very you know posh british love that and um and so it's it was fun to me to pretend to be this British posh person <laughs> <laughs> and like and like try out with his humor. Of course, Oscar Wilde is now is Irish. Like I want to point it out because I don't want to seem like I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, uh, trying you know British humor, like more of a British posh mm. kind of humor. And um, yeah, it was very fun for me trying that and doing that and of course there's very stupid jokes and it makes like my jokes because at the same time i wanted to um so oscar wilde is something you enjoy as an adult you know young adults or like children even they don't really understand oscar wilde because it's a complicated uh play writer like writer in general um so i wanted to through my drawings, which are really uh, cartoonish, really childish in a way, um, I wanted to give maybe 
also like to an uh, to a younger audience uh, something to enjoy, right? So you can be an adult and read all this posh humor and like laugh because you're smart and you can understand it. But also, I wanted to give to like young adults or like children uh, through drawings a lot of visual gags, which of course are very are very silly, you know, but. Um, it's still humor and I wanted to put it inside in order to give, you know, to, in order that this book could be enjoyed by the audio. What? <laughs> to a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I mean, you, we've now also mentioned that you've worked in different like mediums. You've, you've had things, you've had work of yours published in magazines and, uh, and as, as a book and you're you're also doing web comics so is, i mean you you did also mention that you're you know you're obviously you're you're working with paper um, but is there anything that you find that is different in terms of how something gets published or do you just uh, is it more about the genre i would say than uh, than the medium no of course like the you know the medium where the comic is published in is part of the genre of course you know like Mm. the genre is constructed also because of that it's a part of it at least it's not of course everything about it but it's still an important part i think yeah publishing online is a beautiful platform of course because you like with the with just spending time you know so you don't have to pay anything you have the chance to reach uh you know a lot of people uh through your comics so you have a platform where you can draw and people can read you you know which is beautiful but at the same time i have a lot of beef with like social media mm-hmm. <laughs> and web comic in general um i don't want to sound of course you know um pretentious but um i think please um please do <laughs> <laughs> like, this is of course just my opinion you know but um i think that oftentimes um there is a um, lack of quality in uh, web comics, like in uh, publications in internet, because of course, again, you don't have to pay anything for it. You know, it's easy to put something out there online. So everybody does it. And sometimes you see there's love, that the quality is not good. Although maybe super popular, oftentimes it's like very good comics in online who are not appreciated enough online for some reason i don't understand why of course i say this because i'm bitter and i hate social media (laughs) (laughs) no of course like my comics are not popular of course and that's maybe why i'm saying this but when you say quality oh so sorry to interrupt i didn't mean to uh, no, 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 but no. When no. you say the quality of the a certain work that is lower, mm-hmm. maybe but more popular, what do you look for when you're kind of saying, "Oh, maybe that's not the greatest thing"? But I mean, you don't have to throw anyone specific under the bus. No, no. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you can if you want to. <laughs> if you have beef with someone, <laughs> this is a safe space, and no one is listening. But <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, yeah, like, what do you mean when you like? What do you look for? Yeah, so I've, again, like I'm very passionate about comic strips and cartoons in general. So that's what I look for, particularly in, um, in social media online, in online platforms. And talking about comic strips, oftentimes there's like the drawings are like generated digitally, practically, you know. Um, so the drawings are like vector images 
Of course, they're drawn by someone, but they're always copy-pasted throughout the comic strip, you know? So they're not... You have one panel, you have one character drawing the panel, and the second panel is the same character, and it's simply copy-pasted, you know what I mean? So it's not like uh, the person drew the character again um, to have another expression, to, you know, have some movement. No, they just copy-pasted the drawing, which is, this is like a lack of commitment <laughs> for me, you know? Um, so drawings for sure. And uh, particularly, which is uh, probably what is more uh, annoying for me is like the content. So like the, uh, what is written in these comic strips. I think because of internet culture, um, there is a big, huge trend to have this sort of, you know, meme comic strips and meme comic strips can be fun of course i'm having a laugh but there's they're kind of empty to me there's nothing behind it's just a meme you know Mm. they can go viral of course because it's a meme but it 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 doesn't tell me anything you know what i mean it's just a joke there's nothing behind the joke it is happens a lot (laughs) online i feel like um you know in um traditional cartoons published in newspapers you have characters usually right like taking peanuts for instance everybody knows charlie brown linus lucy there are characters there are personalities who make the comic strip the comic strip um thrive they make comic strip go on you know and this means that when you have a punchline in peanuts you have a huge building of personality behind it you know it's you you're not just receiving as the reader a punchline a joke you're receiving um some other meaning you're receiving like an insightful uh commentary about personality about bullying for instance like anxiety and oftentimes comic strips online and instagram they're just memes so there's no characters there's no of course there are characters but they're not um recurring characters they're not personality you can develop they're just empty uh, shells you know hollow shells who just tell you a joke and that's it and you're missing everything that's that, that that's behind like an art form you know so that's what i think it's um you know it makes me mad sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so you're starting a war against social media Yep. No. Um, cool. I mean, I wish, but I, I have no <laughs> followers. Your first <laughs> I was going to say, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it can be really disappointing. Of course, there's a lot of trends and uh, all these comics follow trends because that's what you need to stay relevant, stay popular, you know. And of course, like a Japanese drawing style is very trendy right now. And so everybody tries to emulate Japanese drawing style, which is fine. But at the same time, why won't you just develop your own style? You know, why don't you, why don't you, why do you want just to make an impression of another voice rather than speak with your own voice? And and I think we are uh, keeping ourselves to have something great out there because we're just imitating other stuff that are just popular right now instead of creating something new. Oh, that was deep. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, <laughs> that's cool. I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> so obvi- obviously when we're talking about these all all of this you know there is so- sometimes kind of a stigma to to you know cartoons comic strips graphic novels 
And do you do you feel that when you tell people what you do, that you're interested in that? And what do you think is the standing of it now? Have you kind of have you do you think there has been some changes? Do you think it's just overall, you know, unfortunately still frowned upon? Or yeah, what what's yeah. your opinion on that? Yeah. It's for sure still frowned upon. I think so coming from an Italian culture, um, I think things are worse there. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. Anglo-Saxon culture is usually less susceptible to hierarchies. So uh, like comics, which are usually seen as some like a lower medium, right? Mm. Still in an Anglo-Saxon culture, it's, it still has people who um, you know advocate for it and say and work for it to be appreciated. Being Italian and having to do with a lot of, you know, Italian intellectuals, let's call it like that. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of... <laughs> quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. They love to call themselves like that. <laughs> but, yeah. um, there's a lot of stigma about comics. The comic is seen as something... Something simply inferior who doesn't that doesn't really uh, deserve to be discussed in a... Um, you know, academic point of view, we can also say, like, I have, you know, friends who are more, like, into, you know, this intellectual, also, like, literature in a sense of books, you know, um, mm. uh, they're interested in this world, but I'm never going to consider it in this world. And, you know, it's um, a combination of factors. The question is, like, why are comics so not well perceived in society usually right and there's of course a lot of answers for it and it's a very complicated answer but uh, very shortly i think first of all a lot of comics are um connected with humor you know comedy and oftentimes particularly in europe comedy is seen as less interesting than tragedy you know so tragedy is the ultimate art form and comedy is All right, you know, if if you if you really have to have something fun, all right, <laughs> but it's it's not. Um, it's of course it's uh, it's uh, like people seek for comedy because it's fun. You know, people want to laugh. People love to laugh. But in the academic, in like in the intellectual point of view, having fun is you know it's something stupid. <laughs> you should you know be serious and cry rather than have a laugh. Um, so because of that, comics are seen as a, like a lower, inferior art form. And also because often it's connected with uh, children, right? So uh, comics are, of course, a combination of words and drawing. So we have two different languages, right? You have a verbal language and a visual language together in a comics. Of course, not all the time. There's like comics that are just visual. There's nothing said, but... Um, still, like in uh, talking about the majority of comics, right? Um, so you have visual and verbal language, and this contamination of the verbal language with visuals um, is frowned upon by uh, intellectual people because you know it's if you're smart, you just read a book. You don't need a visual aid for that, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> you don't need pictures. What are yeah, you? You don't Tim? need pictures exactly. Yeah, yeah. And of course, children, because they didn't, uh, they haven't uh, mastered the, 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 the reading yet, they like comics because it's easier to understand. Mm. The communication 
flows much easier for in comics because it's visual and verbal and again oh you are you're ch your child and so you need comics or you should grow up you should just read a book you know so you have this combination of things that makes could make comics like really uh, like sit in a very low step on the hierarchy of like art forms in this like imaginary hierarchy of art forms right um and i always uh, you know thought that oh we should you know who cares about hierarchies really you know is <laughs> this you know we living in 2022 now <laughs> we've seen hierarchies are nothing good <laughs> story yeah. history told us that you know um so we should just give up on that and just appreciate everything for what it is that's what i think yeah absolutely i mean i think i've said that when we were, when i was talking about animation recently yeah, uh, exactly. on the weekly hook yeah and I think it's just so telling that something that, that is quote unquote for children is just like that tells you so much about what a society thinks about children that that's used as a derogatory term because yeah. th there are, there can be great art that is f for children just because something is for children doesn't mean it doesn't have a merit um yeah. but at the same time yeah you know it's it is not just for children so everybody can enjoy it and I think you know, I think that's that's just yeah, just silly as as you said. I really yeah. like your point about comedy. I've never thought about that, and I think that's really on point because you know I've always had the feeling that graphic novels are basically an excuse so that people who are you know, oh, I'm so smart, and you know, it's just <laughs> just like I'm I'm a very serious yeah, it's a, it's like a serious thing, and the graphic novels are this like serious gritty. Yeah. Mm -hmm thing that is safe for consumption for intellectual adults but exactly i think it's exactly it's that. maybe not a surprise then that graphic novels aren't really comedies so yeah, that, yeah. that's mm -hmm. I, I you just helped me connect two things that have been on my mind for a long time so thank you for that yeah but like you're very right like graphic novel even the term the term graphic novel yeah. i use it because <laughs> everybody use it and it's i think like a fitting term in a way but it's like in the in the a lot, a lot of people in the comic world hate this term because it's mm -hmm. clearly a way to try desperately to elevate the comic medium, right? So you have to put the novel inside, you know? Oh, novel. Novels are serious. Novels are good. Novels are intellectual. So that's good, right? You know, and happens a lot of times, like intellectuals, like, oh, yeah, I hate comics, but graphic novels are okay, you know, because they... Mm -hmm they want they, they really on the nose want sometimes to reach that intellectual um sphere and um so that's why a lot of people don't like the term because they associate this with this attempt to um be intellectual to be liked by intellectuals but um yeah so it's very true what you say and it's um and it's interesting, like a fun fact, when I was, I attended like an art school about comics when I was doing my bachelor's, I was doing my bachelor and uh, this art school together. So I had very few time, right? <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, what I did was exactly what I'm doing right now. So cartoons, comic strips, funny things. And, um, and I remember, and like, and in the, like in the country, like all my classmates were more like, you know, oh, I'm I'm making comics for adults, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm serious. I'm making, you know, something something gritty, something something dark mm. because I'm I'm serious and dark and I'm 
doing things for adults. And I remember this time that um, we had to do this project and I was talking about my project in like in class, you have to, you know, uh, present your project to uh, the rest of the class. And I remember this person saying, yeah, whatever. He just does things for kids. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> whoa, okay. <laughs> wow. First of all, what's bad doing just things for kids, you know? Yeah. There's nothing <laughs> bad for that. They need entertainment as well. Hello. <laughs> you know, if you're mm. here right now as an adult, you enjoyed kids' entertainment before your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And... um which is very important, of course. And also at the same time, you know, oh, this is very, it's a very, um, I think, s silly way to see things because communication is not just in one level. Um, I'm maybe creating something for children, for kids, but at the same time, also an adult could read the th same thing and read other stuff in it, into it, right? So it, the communication happens in different levels. Oh, I'm reading... A book when I'm 13, I understand something. I don't understand something else. I get something out of it. I'm rereading the same book when I'm 10, 25, and I and it's a new book almost because I read mm -hmm. different stuff. I'm more mature. I, but it, it doesn't mean that what I read when I was a kid was inferior, was stupid. No, of course not. Like they're both very uh, valuable readings that that they live according uh, um, according to the time you're reading the the. the the piece, but um, they're both great. They're both valuable, and it doesn't mean like if you read one, the other doesn't exist. So good, <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, it really is, and it just like affirms everything that I believe. So I'm just cheering yeah. them. Right yeah, now. in fact, when I I was listening to a podcast that you're talking about animation, I was like, "Yeah, go <laughs> off, Chris. Yes, Rashad, tell them." <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I really, I, I. I this is a safe space um you know mm, absolutely. To tell yeah. absolutely so if anybody is listening to this and who's thinking about like an artistic career or just a you know even like a passion project what do you think what is advice for artists or artistic people that you think is overrated or just plainly not true and what advice would you give someone who wants to pursue some fo form of art or you know, a passion project. Yeah, I mean, overrated, I really don't know right now. Um, <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> overrated, I don't know. There's not many tips out there about pursuing mm. an artistic life, uh, life I think, um, or career. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, right now, which is true, like if you want to be an artist, you need to have, again, a social media platform. You need to be out there. Mm. But I think, and this would be my tip, is like, don't focus too much on what the platform demands from you, but still, you know, um, question yourself, question your art, mm -hmm. question what you're doing, because that's what it's about. You know, art is about communication. And if you communicating something you don't really believe in, is something that you, you're communicating this thing just because people told you to do that, then the art is not authentic anymore, right? Authenticity is like this word thrown around so much in these days, mm. but never how it's supposed to be, <laughs> according to me. Like, um, I really think that um, it's important to like self-reflect first, you know? So like, I need to find my voice. I need to understand what is my voice. I need to 
uh, find my own style. I need to find out what I want to say out there. Because again, if I want artist communication, if I have nothing to say, then just don't do art, you know? <laughs> And at the same time, to like, although keep in mind that, again, art is communication. And so in order to be successful, people need to understand it. So the communication goes both ways, right? So I, I'm putting something out there. But if nobody understands it, the communication didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it cannot be uh, too self-centered. Uh, you need to put something out there that people can get. And so at the same time, I would say... Don't focus so much on the platform, what the platform demands from you. So like, just do yourself. <laughs> But at the same time, mm. keep in mind, oh, if you want to do art, you need to communicate. And you need, this communication needs to happen. Yeah, and I guess the most important thing is do the art, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's like what, I, what I've always heard this about, you know, different types of art. I, I'll just take literature as an example. But, you know, if you want to be a writer, you need to write. And it's like, you you need to yeah. do this. And as you as you said, you know, You started very young and that really helped you because you had a lot of time. So you had a lot of time to practice and improve and try things and maybe fail sometimes and learn from that failure and, you know, grow as an artist. And I think that's probably like a very important thing that a lot of people, including me, can get sidetracked with things sometimes. It's just like, you know, all of these thoughts, all of these worries maybe as well is like, oh, And maybe some imposter syndrome as well. And it's just like, no, yeah. just do the thing. And then you'll, you'll, you know, you'll see whether you like it in the first place. You'll yeah. see whether, you know, this is for you. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That was my quick rant here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, it needs time. As I said, I was also very busy, you know, pursuing this, you know, comic path mm-hmm. and the other one, <laughs> let's say. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I didn't have time to, you know, actually focus on cartoons and everything that comes with it and you can still see it right now i think <clears throat> sorry um i like what i do is far from perfect but by doing it you understand what works for you or what doesn't and you understand the direction you want to go to like if you never get out of your house you don't understand where you want to go right so it, you need to go out there and maybe you're gonna get like you know you you won't find yourself anymore what am i you know you are lost right now but you will still find a path to go where you want to and this is very important for sure and orsha do you have any uh, questions left? yeah actually you you hit on my last question because my last question okay, was cool. was about you know how do you transition really from making it a hobby to actually a business mm-hmm. in terms of generating income and revenue and thinking about the, your art as a way from that from that perspective right because you have to find clients or publishers and all these things and i know that's mm-hmm. like a you know a difficult journey but you know that's something that all artists are what word am i looking for oh my god you like me <laughs> yeah um except i'm worse because i can't think of it all um <laughs> aspiring oh there it is aspiring <laughs> artists um think of or or struggle with as well so yeah i don't know if you can speak to that specifically or if that's any different than the question chris asked you but I'll, i guess i'll throw that out there yeah i mean it is different for sure and um i wish i knew <laughs> in the sense that of course i am working <laughs> as a cartoonist but it's not like i am 100 you know um independent so i can 
sustain myself 100% just doing comics. I'm still not there. And, you know, it's uh, a long journey, a very long journey, a very frustrating journey. This is also like, and I think about this a lot. Like, I really work a lot um, during my day. Um, like, I work like like any other person, like eight hours or even more per day. I work very hard and what I do is unique, you know, because I'm the only person who can do it, you know, for better or worse. <laughs> but still, I, I I, don't get, you know, the money I would deserve you think about that. You know, if you, if you have a corporate job, you work eight hours per day and you are very, um, you, you know, you have a, a very specific formation so that you're the only person who can do that job in that corporation, you will get a lot of money, right? Because you're the only person who can do it and does it well, we hope, right? And uh, so if you think about in these terms, um, like I'm very underpaid, (laughs) 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 which is frustrating because you see, you know, your friends who, of course, they're not doing, you know, like an an art job, you know, maybe they are doctors or, you know, whatever, and they get a lot of money, but they work as much as you do. And they're maybe not even that special as you are, you know, because the job they do is like other people could do it, you know, they're not unique. And so this is very frustrating and can really get to your head. But, uh, you know, I love how you just like threw shade like at a bunch of doctors. Like, yeah. Doctors, you know, screw them. Doctors, really, they're really overpaid. <laughs> In twenty twenty two, who needs a doctor? Let's get real. You're replaceable. No. I am not. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course that was like a bad, a bad like um, you know. Um, no, no, no. Uh, it's funny. We, we all know where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, we all get it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, it's jobs. It's talking about jobs in general, of course. Like you yeah. know, we need doctors. Um, you know, yay doctors. Um, <laughs> but like you know, you need doctors in society. You don't need cartoonists in a society, right? Like you can live without them. <laughs> but, don't we though? Um, don't we though? I feel like do, we do. Yeah. Art is important. But yeah, no, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I love doctors. I'm going to say that. Screw the love doctors. Them. <laughs> love them. Love them. Love them. Oh man. I mean, uh, do you have any other questions, Chris, before I transition off in a completely different direction? Uh, I have like a, I guess, I guess two closing questions, but I don't know if you want to, I don't know which direction you want to go, whether I should leave those to the end or. Are, are your, I guess. Okay. So this wouldn't be a serially hooked uh, episode without us talking something about television or film. So Luca, this is completely random, but is there any TV or movies or anything that you're watching nowadays that you're kind of into? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Most difficult um, question yet. <laughs> oh, um, what did I watch recently that I really like? Oh, yeah, there was this. Um, so I know Rashad doesn't like it, but I really like Fleabag. And what? It, I love uh, Fleabag. Okay, hold on. Well, Me being I mean, critical listen. about a television show doesn't mean that I don't love it. Right, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like in the, in the, in the episode, you both said it sounded like you didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway okay. you like you, you love Fleabag anyway um, everybody loves Fleabag it's amazing I, I, it, the, the like uh, the um, what's the what's the phase like uh, Phoebe Phoebe Wallabridge, yeah. Wallabridge. Wallabridge yeah, yeah. Um, she has another show on Netflix which is an older show actually and it's called Crashing, Crashing. yes yeah. yeah it's a great show and and I just watched it recently and I found it was very good 
and nice. um i enjoyed that but i don't watch a lot of tv to be honest mm. like there was something Same. else in my mind right now but i forgot about it <laughs> that's okay um oh gosh um so follow-up oh, question man. to that if you're gonna yeah. no worries it's fine i mean these are random questions that i'm throwing out at you uh-huh. so uh, have you seen the pixar movie luca <laughs> no, I <laughs> you haven't. I haven't. I should have. I should have. Well, I it's know, based on your actual real life, so <laughs> I think you should. Watch it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because you didn't know, but I'm a water monster. It's strange how they didn't consult with you making it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I know an Italian director did it, like an original Italian. Yeah. At least I don't really know, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember a, a series I love that I watched recently. It's called I Love That For You. And it's with Vanessa. Um, That's, uh, yeah, Vanessa ba- Bayer. Ba- Bayers, Bayers, yeah. Bayer, Bayer, yeah. 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 And um, yeah, Vanessa Bayer, Bayer. I don't know how to pronounce it. And it's great. It's so funny. Talking about comedy. <laughs> nice. And um, like she can portray as like a specific kind of awkward comedy that it's so fun it's so 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 fun <laughs> so i really yeah you should you, sh- you should watch it i think it's very very funny yeah well uh, all right those are my random questions okay, cool. so <laughs> you can have your back on topic questions <laughs> okay. um yeah I, gu- I guess you know just like closing out this episode is like if if you can share what are, because you've 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 mentioned before that you're quite busy at the moment what mm-hmm. are you working on right now if you can say. So like, this is the question. Can I say it? Can I say it? I don't know. Like, I think I can in a way, but also not. Like, the thing is this. I'm going to be very blunt right now. So yeah. um, you know what I'm working on, which is <laughs> a, a comic strip biography of Charles Schultz, which is the work of my life. After this, I retire and I just, just it's going to be that, right? Mm. And the book is actually public in the sense that so they announced it's an announcement. That's the thing. Like the, the, you, if you look at the catalog of the publisher, the book is listed with a cover and with my name and everything, but there was no announcement. So I don't know if I can say this. So the information is out there, is public, but it's not been spread around. Mm-hmm. So I think we can say it. Okay. But yeah, is there? Is there? I mean, I don't want to add any stress, but. Is there a, is there already a publication date? So it not officially, but it will be like summer twenty twenty three. Okay. Okay. Uh, Luca, we'll give you a chance to go check with your legal team. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Maybe you no, can. That will be fine. No, like in the in the in the pages written like uh, coming soon, uh, but mm. I think it's no. It's like it's no secret. It's gonna come out like on summer twenty twenty three, and um, okay. because there's no date, right? So I have mm-hmm. to um, finish the drawings and everything by the end of this year, and mm-hmm. the book will be published summer ish, maybe even spring. Who knows? <laughs> you know, it's like uh, it it takes like seven eight months to have like a book from the can to like actually be published. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's around summer. Yeah, mm-hmm. can't can't wait to to read that. Yeah, me honestly. too. 
<laughs> and I hope it's gonna be okay. No, I, I'm very proud of what. Um, so I'm um, doing this with Francesco. So again, I'm mm-hmm. I we wrote it together, and now I'm the only person uh, drawing it. And um, uh, the writing was like a very long process, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I really gave my all, and so I I think like I think it's something real good but at the same time you know uh Schuld is a very beloved character in culture and like you know in so the publisher is also american mm-hmm. so like the book will come out you know in the like in Schultz's like you know land <laughs> so wow. in the uh, u.s and so this is also a big deal which mm-hmm. means also that there's a lot of people who know a lot about Schultz, people who feel strongly about Schultz. So I'm uh, scared about, you know, the reaction of the family, for instance, or how people would perceive it, because I really like what we did and what I, I can speak personally, of course, so what I wrote and what I draw, it really comes from a place of deep, deep, deep love. And um, I want that to be known. I want that to be understood. And I don't want people to say like, oh, he did that, he did it wrong because he wasn't precise enough like he didn't really know no like i studied a lot i really did everything you know from from love really and um and so i really hope that that translates and that people understand that and that people are fine with it (laughs) because of course i took my liberty we took our liberties you know it's Mm. uh, what i say that you know of course the term biography is in the title because you need to describe what it is but um i always say when people ask me about that you know it is a biography but it's not at the same time it's like it's like if a film would be like a biography of someone you know it's a biography is a life filtered through a medium that is entertainment that's narrative you know so of course it's not 100 the reality if you want to write an essay about schultz you shouldn't read the comic that we're creating right now. You should read an actual mm-hmm. biography, you know, like a scientific scientific biography, so to say. Um, but you know, it's it's narrative. It's I mean, it's it, it's which which um, to me uh, is even more interesting, you know. So uh, I think that people would understand that. That's what I hope. Yeah, it's very exciting. I can't wait. Um, and lastly, uh, and crucially, where can people find you and your art? I mean, except for seriallyhook.com. Uh, <laughs> where can people find you <laughs> and reach out? No, uh, I have, of course, like I, you know, I, I threw shade about um, on like social media, but of course I'm in social media uh, because you have to in order to be someone nowadays, which is sad. Um, but I am on Instagram and that's actually the only thing I have practically. Like <laughs> I mm. like if you check my Instagram, I have like this link tree uh, link where you can find everything I do. So that's the easiest way to to get in contact with me. And if, I don't know who's listening, but if you do want to get in contact, please do. Like, I love, I love people because nobody cares about me. <laughs> so please we care about do. me. Follow me also in person. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and I think it's Debus Luca, right? It's... Uh... I think so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Let me check. Yeah. Let me check real okay. quick. Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. so we'll we'll link to it to the uh, in the episode description. 
check for the sure. episode description here. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Luca, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's been, it's it's always a pleasure and it's an honor, you know, to have you on the show, to call you a friend, and you've just been lovely as always. Thank you so much. Oh, be so thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. I was like, I listen every day to the every day, no, every week. <laughs> I listen every week <laughs> to Shirley Hooks, and it's so fun listening to your voices. And I feel like I have celebrities as friends, and like when you like mention my name I, I i feel like like oh my god they mentioned me you know it's very funny <laughs> i feel like oh my god they know who i am and then of course they know who i am you know it's very it's very surreal but yeah so i love everything you do um yeah i also wanted to say this like i remember one of the latest episode like the one year anniversary anniversary or something like that right um you mm -hmm. uh, posted like uh, this episode and you were like discussing the two of you um, about if you improved like <laughs> during this year and I can totally tell you yes you did yes you did like um, everything is so much more professional like of course it was from the beginning but like right now it really feels like oh I'm listening to this podcast like another you know like a celebrity podcast or whatever you know and it's it really feels the same to me so it re you really you really got there so I think yes you improved I wanted to, to tell you this like you're doing great and Keep on doing it. <laughs> wow. I didn't see that coming. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Speechless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this experience talking to you, Luca, has been funny, been moving, inspirational, um, shocking <laughs> when you decided to... <laughs> take on the world of doctors um but thank you so much for joining and i guess i guess to transition out um if you dear listener um loved what you heard or liked what you heard or were intrigued by what you heard um luca any idea what the listeners can do to support the show yes they can subscribe to any platform that is on their podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah and chris what else can they do uh, they can also give us a rating, preferably a good one. Uh, yeah, as as Luca mentioned, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, and if you want to get in contact, see Luca's amazing art, uh, or just reach out, send us an email or whatever. Um, you can find all of our contact information on Luca. Sillyhook.com, is it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks. Talk to you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>